If you have ever thought about starting your own podcast, you should check out Riverside. Riverside is an online recording studio that lets you record podcasts and video in studio quality from anywhere. And if you click on the affiliated link in the episode description and you buy a subscription, you will also be supporting the podcast. And if you're going to start your own podcast or you just want to continue to listen to great podcasts, you need headphones or speakers. If you click on the Amazon affiliated link, you can get great deals on headphones and speakers. And if you make a purchase, it will also help support the podcast. Both links will be in the episode description if you are interested. This is just a reminder that this podcast has merch and a Patreon. And if you could contribute to one of those to help keep this podcast going, I would greatly appreciate it. wanted to give you a quick content warning before I get started on this episode. In this episode, there is some graphic violence. It's not too bad. There has been worse on this podcast, but I still wanted to just give you a little heads up. I will leave timestamps in the episode description for this episode in case you do want to skip over that part. Alright, well, Now, let's get into the episode. If you have ever had an image of a pirate in your head, the subject of this week's episode is responsible for the image that your brain conjured up. And by image, I'm not just talking about the style of clothing the pirate in your head was wearing. I'm also talking about the attitude and the ruthless behavior. Because the subject of this week's episode was ruthless, and because of his ruthlessness, he became the most successful pirate of the golden age of piracy. Ahoy! My name is Courtney Jewell, and you are listening to the 8th episode of the 3rd season of History Show. A podcast about history that proves that sometimes fact is even more interesting than fiction. Tis season three of History Shelf, and I have titled this season, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. In this season, be all about pirates. The pirates and scallywags that sailed the seven seas, and some rivers, looking for booty as they made their travels. Some of these pirates came from humble beginnings, while others surprisingly came from well-to-do families. But no matter where or who they came from, they all had one thing in common— they we be pirates. And for this week, I am talking about Bartholomew Roberts. Before I dive into Bartholomew's story, I just wanted you to know that most of the information that we have on him and really most of the information that we have on all of the pirates that come from the Golden Age of Piracy comes from the general history of pirates. If you listened to last week's episode that I did on Blackbeard, then you know that the accuracy of the general history of pirates has been called into question. 
most believe that the text is accurate, but others have their doubts. Some believe that it's just historical fiction. I believe that, for the most part, at its core, that it could be true. And maybe just some details along the way have been exaggerated or twisted. We know for a fact that it did get some things wrong. Like I said last week, the first edition of the Journal of History of Pirates lists Blackbeard as a pupil of Steve Bonnet, which is just untrue. So I just wanted to point that out so you could keep that in mind as we go along with Bartholomew's episode. So, Bartholomew Roberts. Bartholomew Roberts was not born Bartholomew Roberts. He was born John Roberts. He may have chosen the name Bartholomew after the buccaneer Bartholomew Sharp. Like I said in last week's episode, it wasn't uncommon for pirates to change their name. Either they changed their name to not bring shame on their family or they did it to avoid the law. You may have heard Bartholomew be called Black Bart before, or you could have also heard him be called Black Barty. There are two stories on how he got those nicknames. One story is simply he was called Black Bart slash Black Barty because he had hair that was dark and a dark complexion. Others say it was because he was extremely cruel. More on that a little later on. He was born around 1682 in Pembrokeshire, Wells. Little is known about his life before he took to the sea. It is possible that he grew up on a farm and that his father was named George Roberts. And that's all we know about his early life. At around the age of 13, Bartholomew was working aboard ships. It is believed that he worked as a sea merchant. In 1718, Bartholomew found himself as the second mate on the Princess of London. This was a slave ship. It took slaves from Africa to Britain. When the ship went to Anamabu in present-day Ghana to pick up slaves, the ship was attacked by pirates. I read a few sources that have this attack happening in mid of 1719 around June and others say it happened in February of 1720. With what I know about the rest of Bartholomew's life, I think that June of 1719 fits better than February of 1720. But what is for certain is one of those pirates was a Welsh pirate named Hal Davis. No one knows if Bartholomew willingly joined Howe or if Howe forced him to become a pirate. So it may have been sort of a William Kidd situation. William was a pirate that I did an episode on three weeks ago. Whether he joined willingly or he was forced into it, piracy was something that came easily to Bartholomew. After he joined Howe's crew, that was when he went from John to Bartholomew. Bartholomew and Howe hit it off well. With how Bartholomew sailed to the island of Princes off the coast of West Africa. 
It was there that Portuguese authorities attacked them and killed Howe. Howe's crew needed a new captain. Bartholomew had only been with them for six weeks, but he was the one that the crew voted in as captain. And his first act as captain was to seek revenge. To avenge Howe, he attacked the fort of Island of Princes and the nearby town. The fort and town were destroyed. Then he sailed towards the coast of Brazil. There in Brazil, he raided many ships, including some warships. A large amount of these ships were Portuguese. Bartholomew found treasure fleets heading to Portugal in All Saints Bay. Bartholomew just sailed right into the bay like he was just another ship in the fleet. He took a ship without anyone noticing, and he asked the ship's master to tell him which was the richest ship. Bartholomew then sailed up to that ship and attacked it. Bartholomew sailed away without anyone catching up to him. Bartholomew's attack on the fort of Island of Princes was not the only time he got revenge. In 1720, he headed to the Leewood Islands. There, he set fire to ships in the harbor. He was seeking revenge for the recent pirates that had been hanged on St. Kitts. Bartholomew's next stop was the American colonies. There, he attacked fishing fleets. In June of 1720, Bartholomew was in Newfoundland. On June 21, 1720, his ship, the Fortune, approached a fleet of 22 fishing ships at Trapassi. He approached the fleet with a pirate flag flying, beating drums, and blaring trumpets. He took the fleet with no problem, and not a single shot was fired. He took the fleet on just the knowledge of his sinister reputation and intimidation. He then moved south down the coast, of course, raiding and pillaging along the way. He did that for about two weeks, then he headed back to the Caribbean. On July 13, 1720, Bartholomew took the merchant ship, the Samuel. On that ship was a navigator named Harry Glasby. Bartholomew found out that Harry was a navigator and he kidnapped him. But luckily, Harry eventually ended up escaping Bartholomew's forced service. If there would have been a best dress list for pirates, then Bartholomew would have been on it. He was always dressed well, even in battle. He was described as a tall and attractive man. He wore expensive clothes and jewelry. A lot of the times he wore a crimson waistcoat with an expensive hat that had a red feather. He would wear a heavy gold chain with a diamond cross hanging from it. He basically created the image we associate with pirates. Bartholomew came up with his own pirate code. His pirate code said that every man had a vote. They had equal rights to provisions and strong liquors. If someone withheld a prize, then they were marooned. If someone robbed someone, they would have their ears and nose slit, and they would be set on shore somewhere that they knew that they would experience hardships. Cards and dice were not played for money. All lights were out at 8 p.m. If someone wanted 
to drink after 8 p.m. They had to do it on the open deck. Weapons had to be kept fit for service. Boys and women were not allowed on a ship. If someone was caught sneaking a woman on a ship to have sex with her, then that man would be put to death. Many pirates believed that women were bad luck to have at sea. If someone deserted the ship or their quarters during a battle, then they would be put to death or marooned. You could not have a fight with someone on board. All fights were fought on land with a pistol or a sword. If someone lost a limb or became crippled, they got $800. So, sort of like a workman's comp situation. The captain and quartermaster received two shares of a prize. The master, deck boss, and gunner got one and a half shares. And the other officers got one and a quarter. Musicians rested on the Sabbath day, but had to work all the other days and nights of the week. Irishmen were not allowed to become full members of the crew, and that was most likely because one of his crewmen, Walter Kennedy, and some other men ran off with a treasure ship and most of the booty. Walter was Irish. Anyone that wanted to join Bartholomew's crew had to swear to this code. Bartholomew aligned himself to no country. He was only loyal to himself. He had a few flags he would fly. One flag had a silhouette of him standing with a sword in his hand and he was standing on two skulls. He had each of his feet on a skull. Underneath one of the skulls were the letters ABH and underneath the other skull were the letters AMH. ABH stood for a Barbadian's head and AMH stood for a Martiniquan's head. The skulls represented the severed heads of the governors of Barbados and Martinique. Bartholomew had actually kidnapped Martinique's governor and hanged him. He hated Barbados and Martinique because they sent pirate hunters after him. Bartholomew would always be extra cruel to the ships that were from either one of those places. He would also use a flag with a skull above two crossbones. This flag is known as the Jolly Roger. There was also a flag that he would use that had a pirate and a skeleton on it. In between the pirate and the skeleton was an hourglass that they were both holding. The skeleton was holding a spear in the other hand. Another one of the flags that Bartholomew used was a skeleton holding an hourglass in one hand and crossbones in the other. Next to the skeleton was a spear pointing down towards a heart, and beneath the heart there were three drops of blood. There was also a flag with a skull with a sword underneath it, and there was a flag with a pirate holding a sword, and next to the pirate there was a skeleton. I put pictures of people and places and things that I mention on this podcast, on this podcast, TikTok and Instagram. So if you ever want to see what I'm talking about, you can go to either this podcast's TikTok or Instagram. I will put pictures of 
Bartholomew's flags. They should be on both this podcast, TikTok, and Instagram by tomorrow. Bartholomew would sometimes fly flags of countries, but that would only be when he was approaching a ship. When he got too close for his victim to flee, then he would change his flag to a pirate flag. When it comes to the pirates of the Golden Age of Piracy, Bartholomew was the most successful pirate. He plundered around 400 ships. He was not, however, the most successful pirate of all time. That title belongs to another pirate that I will be covering later on this season. He was so successful because he wasn't afraid, and he was up to take any ship. It didn't matter if they were a superior warship or not. If Bartholomew saw the ship, he went after it. He even went towards ships that most pirates would sail away from. Some of Bartholomew's ships were named the Royal Rover, the Fortune, the Good Fortune, and the Royal Fortune. In fact, he had four ships named the Royal Fortune. Most pirates liked for their vessels to be lightly armed. If they were lightly armed, it meant they would be faster, which meant the pirate could make a quick getaway from their victim or a pirate hunter at their heels. But Bartholomew liked his ships to be large and heavily armed. One of the Royal Fortunes had 42 cannons. Some sources even say that it had 52 cannons. In June of 1721, he took the ship the Onslow from the Royal Africa Company. He renamed it the Royal Fortune. It was the last ship he renamed the Royal Fortune. That ship would have 40 cannons. After he took the ship, he stayed in Africa for a few months, attacking several ships and stealing quite a lot of loot. Each pirate and his crew acquired a small fortune. Bartholomew was charismatic. He didn't drink and he was generous with his crew. So, for the most part, his crew loved him, but there were a few outliers. I already told you about Walter Kennedy that mutinied against him, but Walter wasn't the only hiccup Bartholomew faced. In early 1721, Bartholomew had some discipline issues. He ended up killing one of his crew members in a brawl, and in response to that, that man's friend attacked Bartholomew. This caused a rift in Bartholomew's men. Some wanted to break away from him. They wanted the captain of one of Bartholomew's ships, Thomas Anstis, to break away from him, and in April of 1721, he did just that. Though, he probably should have stayed with Bartholomew because Thomas was an unsuccessful pirate. I told you that Bartholomew was a charismatic leader that made sure his crew was taken care of. But remember, I also told you earlier that he was cruel. There appears to have been two sides to Bartholomew. And he wasn't afraid to show his victims his less pleasant side. In January of 1722, he was sailing off Guaida. Guaida was a slave port, and there he found a slave ship named the Porcupine. The captain of the vessel was ashore when Bartholomew took the ship. The ship that, even though the captain was not aboard it, it still had people on the ship, including about 80 enslaved men and women. Bartholomew demanded a ransom from the captain for the ship. The problem was that the captain didn't make deals with pirates. <laughs> 
So Bartholomew's response to the captain's refusal was to order his men to cover the ship in tar and burn it. But Bartholomew didn't want him or any of his men to waste their time by unshackling the enslaved people on board. So the slaves were left with only two options. One, perish in the fire, or two, jump overboard. Apparently those that chose to jump met sharks when they hit the water. Sharks that tore them apart while they were still alive. There was also another time that Bartholomew ordered his men to cut the ears off of a group of Dutch captives. Some of the captives were hanged and their bodies were used as target practice. It's no wonder people gave up their ships without a fight whenever they saw him. Bartholomew gave a reason for his piracy. He said, quote, in an honest service, there is thin commons, low wages, and hard labor. In this, plenty in satiety, pleasure, and ease, liberty, and power. And who should not balance creditor on this side, when all the hazard that is run for it? At worst is only a sour look or two at choking. No, a merry life and a short one shall be my motto. End quote. And a short one was what he got. In February of 1722, Bartholomew's ship, the Royal Fortune, was in need of some repairs. He was repairing his ship off Cape Lopez in Gabon when a large vessel sailed by him. The ship turned to flee when it saw him. Bartholomew sent his consort vessel, the Great Ranger, after the ship. The ship that Bartholomew had sent his men after was named the Swallow. Its captain was Captain Challoner Ogle. Bartholomew didn't know it at the time, but he had sent his men into a trap. The Swallow had been looking for Bartholomew. When Bartholomew was out of sight, the Swallow attacked the Great Ranger. This became a two-hour battle that the Great Ranger did not win. The pirates were captured and the swallow went back for Bartholomew. On February 10th, 1722, the swallow saw the great fortune still at anchor. Some of Bartholomew's men had actually served on the swallow, so when they saw it, they wanted to run, but Bartholomew was never afraid of a fight. Bartholomew was killed at the beginning of the fight when a grape shot tore out his throat. His men then threw his body overboard because that was actually an order he gave them if he died at sea. His men surrendered within an hour. 152 pirates were sent to Cape Coast Castle for trial. 52 African pirates were forced back into slavery. It was actually not uncommon for slaves to become pirates. Some pirates would give slaves the choice to join their crew when they raided slave ships. Some slaves saw a life of piracy as a better option than a life of slavery. 
54 pirates were hanged. 37 pirates were sent to the West Indies to serve as indentured servants. And nine pirates were able to prove that they were forced into piracy, and so they were acquitted. Bartholomew has been a character in many novels. He is one of the four pirate captains mentioned in Robert Louis Stevenson's novel, Treasure Island. He is the protagonist in The Corsair King by Moore Yokai, The Devil's Captain by Philip Shea, The Requiem Shark by Nicholas Griffin, and The Devil's Captain by Frank Sherry. Glassby's Fortune and Glassby's Pirates are about when Bartholomew kidnapped Harry Glassby. Those novels were written by James H. Dresser. There have also been many novels and poems and Welsh written about Bartholomew. In the novel and film The Princess Bride, Dread Pirate Roberts was inspired by Bartholomew. In Pirates of the Caribbean, Bartholomew and Henry Morgan are mentioned as the founders of the Pirate Code. In the manga and TV series One Piece, there are characters named Bartholomew Kuma, the Tyrant, and Bartolomeo the Cannibal. A cannon belonging to Bartholomew appeared as an artifact in the TV series Warehouse 13. Bartholomew is a side character in the video game Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. He is also a non-player character in the video game Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And in 2020, the Perth Mint issued silver and gold commemorative coins featuring Bartholomew and the Royal Fortune. Also in Kasanu Bok, that is the village that Bartholomew was born in, there is a memorial stone for him. And that was the life of Bartholomew Roberts. Thank you so much for listening to the eighth episode of the third season of History Shelf. There are 15 episodes planned for this season. Next week's episode is going to be about Steed Bonnet. I hope you come back for that. A few things before we go. If you want to follow this podcast on social media, the TikTok is at History Shelf. The Twitter is at History Shelf Pod. The Instagram is at history underscore shelf underscore pod. The Facebook page is History Shelf Podcast. And the Snapchat is History underscore shelf. If you want to help support this podcast financially, there are a few ways you can do that. One is you can buy merch from the History Shelf merch store. Or you can become a Patreon. This podcast is always going to be free, but there are some perks that come along with becoming a Patreon. The first tier is called History student and that is one dollar a month and with that i will send out a thank you to you on all social media platforms that history shelf is on i will also choose one patreon at random for each episode i do and at the end of the episode i will give that patreon a shout out the second tier is called history fan and that is three dollars a month and with that you get the first tier plus you get to vote in a poll that helps me choose the theme for the next season of this podcast The third tier is called History Buff, and that is $20 a month, and with that you get the first two tiers, plus you get a handwritten note of thanks mailed to you from me. And the last tier is called History Lover, and that is $40 a month, and with that you get the first three tiers, plus you get to choose one item from the History Shelf merch store. You can choose any item that you want, except for the zip-up hoodie, that's the only item that's not available to the Patreon. 
You can also take out ad space on this podcast. I have a gig on Fiverr that lets you do that. Or you can buy something from one of the affiliated links. There's one for Riverside, there's one for Amazon, and now there's one for Bookshop. Bookshop helps support local bookshops. And it lists, people create lists. And then if someone buys one of those books on one of those lists, then they get some money from that. So I have created lists of books that I've mentioned on this podcast. I've created a list for this episode, and I'm also working on creating lists for past episodes. So far, I've finished the Catherine of Aragon and the Anne Boleyn episode. So if you buy one of those books, that helps support the podcast. But if you don't want any of the merch or any of the perks and you don't want to buy anything but you still want to help support the podcast, I have turned on listener support on Spotify for Podcasters. The links to everything that I just mentioned will be in the episode description for this episode. But the best way that you can support this podcast is to just continue to listen to it. And there are a few other ways that you can help out this podcast for free. One is if you are listening on a platform that lets you rate this podcast five stars and or leave a positive review. If you do that, that would be very helpful. Also, sharing this podcast on social media with your friends and family would be very helpful. All right. Well, until next time, keep learning, keep loving history, and come back for next week's episode.